Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we are doing our annual bi-week roundtable. We sit at a table, and it's round. And this year, this year, we are welcoming on of the NYG Weekly Podcast. I always call it the NYG Daily on accident, but I made sure to call it the NYG Weekly. I still do that. Yeah. Weiss, at NYG Daily. Ethan, at Ethan GSN of the Gotham Sports Network. I've been doing their podcast for a long time. I'll be honest, I didn't like them at first, and I left a one-star review, but I changed it to a five-star. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> what's going on, fellas? Welcome to the Talking Giants program. Honestly, Skinner. Yeah, I believe it was uh, Bobby calling me a Barstool Big Cat wannabe on Twitter was the, the genesis of our beef. We, wow. we had never interacted, and yes. I was like, you know what? I was like, let's just kind of stay in your lane, and then I don't like Kim Jones. Um Oh, I know. And and it started it started with that, and then so I was like, all right, let me clap back. I can't even remember what I said after that as a wannabe. Yeah, I don't remember. And um and I was brand new to social media. Now now I really don't take Twitter seriously. It's like I will give Smart you. Smart yeah. I was like, I'm here to talk about the Giants and make some jokes. And if my jokes I think might cross the line, I send them to Justin first and ask him, will this get <laughs> me in, in, in too much trouble? Right. And um sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't. Um, what's going on, fellas? How are you guys doing? Good. Happy to be uh, be here and continue on. From uh, I'm, I'm very upset that you cut your hair. <laughs> See, here's the thing: is that's why I didn't cut it for so long, because I was like, you know, it's like I'm on camera and people like it. It's you know, it's, I hate to use the word brand, but like it does kind of have some branding. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this the rest of my life. I'm not going to be a long hair guy the rest of my life. I'm just going to cut it now. Like it's, I, it really does suck to manage. Like I don't know how women do it their entire life. Um, and like, and they make theirs look way better than mine did. Mine was really like scruffy and looked disgusting. You know, 12, 12 out of the twenty four hours in a day. So we were just on their show. So once you get done with this one, click off, go listen to NYG Weekly. Yes, uh, we talked about you know just the Giants organization as a whole and the coaching staff and different scenarios. This one we're going to talk about Daniel Jones, and then I think we're going to talk about Leonard Williams too. Um, you know, just because it's like, hey, let's, Weiss let's just fight. perked up so fast. Let's fight about something. <laughs> Um, so we're going to start with Daniel Jones. I'm going to kick it to you, Weiss. Yes. Where are you at with Daniel Jones? You know, um, uh, not like, what did you think about in the draft? Like, like we are at right now after nine games of 2020, what are your like big picture thoughts on Daniel Jones going forward? Not just whether you'd bring him back this next year or not. Um, I don't know what to think about Daniel Jones. <laughs> I'm, I'm being brutally honest with you on, Thursday, November 11th at 3.13 p.m. I don't know what to think about Daniel Jones. He does things that I really, really like. Um, he does some things that I really don't like. Um, but it's tough for me to like really get a good understanding of what Daniel Jones is um, because he hasn't shown enough and the Giants haven't helped him at all. And I think that obviously with the quarterback – not every quarterback is going to be in a perfect situation, um, and I understand that. And you can still sort of understand where you are from a quarterback perspective. What I do know, or I think I know right now with Daniel Jones, is that he's not somebody that's going to make people around him better. I think he's he's a product of his environment, and that's okay. Um, the problem is that where the Giants are, they haven't done a good job in terms of building around him. And I think it starts with some of the coaching decisions that they've done, they've made with the offensive coordinator. And then also 
from a talent level. I think they did a good job loading him up with weapons, but the offensive line has been, you know, we can is beating a dead horse. So I don't know where I am with Daniel Jones. I think that looking at the situation in terms of the draft and free agency, obviously I'm leaning towards you have to keep him around. But like I always ask the question to people. If you think Daniel Jones is a franchise quarterback, that means you're ready to pay Daniel Jones like a franchise quarterback. So are you ready to pay Daniel Jones as a franchise quarterback? My answer right now is no. And because that answer is no, you have to look at all aspects of the quarterback situation around the NFL. You can look at free agency. You can look at the draft. So obviously, if the Giants go toward the draft or if they move on from Daniel Jones, based on what we've seen so far, I understand it. If they stick to Daniel Jones, I also understand it. But for me, I just don't know where I am with Daniel Jones right now. Right, and something I said is like it can't you can't feel great about Daniel Jones until it's great. Like you can feel yeah. good about him, but that's where I'll kick it to Ethan. Just the 2021 season, year three is a big year. Like I came into this year being like I'm ready to move off Daniel Jones if it doesn't happen. Where do you view like after nine games his 2021 season, Ethan? Well, Ethan, it's 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 Dan Jones, right? Not Daniel. Danny Dimes, please refer to him as that and buy a t-shirt on johnboymedia.com shop or whatever. There you go. Line line Bobby's pockets. We uh yeah, he's he's Dan Jones again. He's got to re-earn Daniel. Um I don't I don't disagree with most of what White said. I think it's very obvious that uh you know, they have a defense good enough to keep them in games and that's obviously going to be helpful for a quarterback. They have a number of offensive weapons that should be there to help the quarterback. Um, the offensive line, they obviously haven't done enough. The coaching staff, they obviously haven't done enough. Last week, Weiss and I did an exercise on the podcast for those who listened. And what we did was we went around the league and we listed every single team and their current starting quarterback option. And using context, we made a decision. Would that team stick with their current option? Or if given the opportunity, would they take Daniel Jones over their current option? And there were one or two very generous, like, oh, they'll take Daniel Jones over their current option. And I think we we arrived at the conclusion that two-thirds of the league would rather have their current option than Daniel Jones. Using context. That's not to say that, you know, uh, like, what was the, exa- the, the one of the first examples we used, Weiss? Like, um, the Dolphins. I think it was, yeah, like, Dolphins. Yeah, like, would the Dolphins take... Tua or Dan Jones? In a vacuum, they would probably take Dan Jones. But the context is that Deshaun Watson really wants to be a Miami Dolphin. They have the draft capital. And that's probably going to happen at some point over the next year, right? So, like, you know, using that, using some veterans who are on contracts. I think one that we gave was, like, the Steelers. Like, would the Steelers take Daniel Jones or Ben Roethlisberger? Like, given Roethlisberger's current production and his age and his contract, they would probably take Dan Jones. But point being, you see quarterbacks with bad teams and bad coaching situations every single season and that's not to say that the quarterback needs to elevate the play of everyone around them and the coaching staff and just like automatically go like 10 and 6 but there has to be just consistent flashes but point being like despite the things that are bad around him there are some good things around him and we just haven't seen like a consistent flash or enough where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, let's fucking pay this guy and let's do the damn thing over the next 10 years. Like, I just think that when you're considering the quarterback situation and I'm a guy who wanted Josh Rosen in 2018, right? I think the, the, the biggest thing, and I don't want to speak for you guys, but I think the biggest thing that I learned about 
the quarterback position from that draft moving forward is that it's all about upside. Like you don't want to draft a guy who you're like, oh, like he's just like this big white guy who's going to have a big arm and he's going to be safe. Like you want to draft for like the athleticism, that freakish nature, the big arm, and you're going to be able to coach that guy up and he's going to have a ceiling like Josh Allen or he's going to have a ceiling like Deshaun Watson. Or he's going to have a ceiling like some of these top guys in the league. And maybe if, you know, he's given another few years, he can achieve that. But like you just can't say definitively based on what we've seen that he is the guy and that he's capable of that. I just don't think that you can say that. Like, you can like some of the things that he's done, right? Like, you can like you can like that he, you know, on deep throws, he's, you know, not terrible and he can use his legs and this, that, and the other thing. Like, again, like, I just don't see that consistently enough. And I'm not asking him to carry the Giants into the playoffs or to go 10-6, and six, but, like, there's got to be something. There's got to be something more. Yeah. And like Weiss said, you know, the you're up against the clock, right, where – you know, if you, exactly. had to, if you had to pay him t- tomorrow, you know, you and know, that's not his you, fault, right? Right, and, that, and, and but it's it's overall it's the way that the NFL is structured, and that's something correct. that you guys talked about years ago. You guys have been talking about that for years on, on yeah. your show about you know when when John I don't know who it was I think Dave Gettleman was asked a couple years ago you know the window theory He's like I don't believe in the window theory and well I get why he has to say that but at the same time I think you have to as an organization because of the way the NFL is structured you see so many teams are successful with those quarterbacks that are on those rookie deals or even some teams that maybe they've extended their guys, but they're still relatively early in their long-term deals that they can have the rest of their roster built up where, you know, you look at Russell Wilson, right? After Russell Wilson was paid, the roster took a decline. The coaches are, you know, they've been bad for a long time too. And they've been stuck in that territory of being a playoff team, but not making that push like they did early in Russell Wilson's career. So that's, you know, that's an example of that, you know, window theory being in effect there. Jared Goff, same thing. That team made the Super Bowl with a really, really good roster before they had to give Jared Goff the big money. And then they chose to move on. So you guys have been talking about that for years, whether it is Daniel Jones's fault, whether he is the quote unquote guy or not, whether it's Garrett, the line, Gettleman, whatever. You know, we're at a point where especially if you're going to pick up that fifth-year option, one-year deal is not that big of a deal of 20-something million dollars. But after that, it's like, well, if you're not it, we kind of have to look elsewhere just because of, of from a value standpoint. Yeah, I, and I, I think he's going to be the quarterback next year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think absolutely. I, going into this year, I was ready to move off if it looked like it did in 2020. Um, you know, not to say if they, like, if somehow they were able to add, like, a Rodgers or something. But that's that's of not course. real life, so it's, it's not going to happen. Dream. Yeah. Um, thanks to our cap. So yes, thanks to Kevin. Abrams, the timeline is definitely yeah. The timeline yeah. is definitely the biggest thing going up against Daniel Jones right now. But I also like I was getting ready to move on to like that like that mindset, Ethan, of like drafting like just guys for upside. You know, like Malik Willis. Like I look at him, and he's got a ton of flaws, but it's like the upside gets me. But I also like you know what? I don't want to let Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray change the way I view every single quarterback, and I think that's. Like, you know, a guy like Zach Wilson. Like, I was starting to like him for those reasons. But it's like, you know what? Now that you look at it, like, you, like I think you do have to get the right guy. And I don't want to throw away a Dak Prescott, a Ben Roethlisberger-type players because, I you know, I want to have a Patrick Mahomes arm or it looks cool when you throw, you know, uh, you know, you have, like, one highlight, you know, like, sidearm throw, you know, every other game. Um, but what I will push it back about is the Daniel Jones elevating because we saw at the beginning of this year – he had a bad offensive coordinator in Jason Garrett, of like a very like, and I think that's the second most important position in football after quarterback is offensive coordinator or play caller, even like more so than head coach. He had a bad offensive line, but a good left tackle. 
So I'll count that as half. A good wide receiver core. If you have a, a trio of Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, and Sterling Shepard, you have two of those guys on the field, that's a good wide receiver core. Not the best of the league, but good. And then a horrible running game. So when he had one and a half of the four outside aspects, he was balling. Like after four weeks of this season, I know the Giants record didn't stand for it, but it's like he balled versus Washington. The Saints game he balled. You know, the you know, the Falcons and Denver game, they weren't um baller games, but they're like, all right, they're you know, they're like those middle tier games. So like through that four games, it's like, okay, we're starting to see the stuff with Daniel Jones, see the flash from rookie year. And again, that was overcoming a bad offensive coordinator. You're like the Darius Slayton touchdown in Washington was an audible from all curls. You know, it was right. like the first time they ever confirmed to us that he audibled. And you look at the other three routes on the play, they're all curled. Like, the worst offensive coordinator in football, you know. Um, and Dan Rovlowski, who's like, like, Dan Rovlowski doesn't love Daniel Jones. But, like, he, you know, like, he's someone who I've grown, grown to respect as an analyst. Like, talks about, like, this is the worst offensive system in football. You know, and it's not a, uh, an over-exaggeration to say that. The running game, besides this Raiders week, which we played the worst run, de- like, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, was the only time the running game was even, a f- like, if even cl- close to efficient like little forget good just like all right middling like Saquon was averaging 3.4 yards per carry Devontae Booker 3.2 yards per carry like that's pathetic the only reason they weren't last in the league is because Daniel Jones was like third and for QBs in rushing so when he had a bad offensive line you know one of my biggest you know uh, uh critiques of him after his rookie year fumbles obviously are there but it's like Pocket manipulation. How do you work in the pocket? When he had just a good left tackle and a bad left guard, a bad center, a bad right guard, a bad right tackle, it's like, Mike, he's like, he's working the pocket well. It's just when he had first eight games of Andrew Thomas and Nate Solder at left tackle, that's when it was really bad when he didn't have the blind side. You know, and that wasn't even like just bad like left tackle play. That was horrible left tackle play. Um, so it's like when he had one and a half of the four, like a good wide receiver core and then a good left tackle, he was good. And then you look at his rookie year where he had, Half of the four, or, or, you know, one of the four, like a decent offensive coordinator, Pat Shermer. I don't think Pat Shermer was anything great, but I thought he was a decent offensive coordinator. Like, play, at least played to his strength and believed in him. And that's what makes me so mad about Jason Garrett sometimes. Like, I don't even know if you believe in J- uh, Daniel Jones. And it's a shame you took that job, even if you didn't. Even if you personally don't, like, if you guys don't believe in Daniel Jones, it's a shame that you took that job if you didn't believe in him. But maybe he does, and I'm, I'm over-exaggerating. Um, that's what's, like, when he had one of the half of the four, he looked good. But even in the past three games, in the past four games without Andrew Thomas, the Rams game was horrible. Um, the Panthers game was good. The Chiefs game, the one interception. Panthers game was great. That was great. Yeah, okay. But it, but it, but it wasn't like top of his game. Like when pe- I don't put that in his top five games of all time, though. Oh, I put it. It's in the top three, I think. It, it was, was a, good. It was a great but performance. It, it was a great performance, but it but like wasn't in like top five performance of what, DJ. What game is this? The Panthers, Panthers game. Like no, I put it on no. the third one this year. No, because I mean, because I mean, here here's here's the thing about the Panthers game, and also you have to look at the the quarterback position too. You know, we just talked for however long we were on the you know NYG weekly show too, and we talked about scoring points. You know that that's that's still a game where I look at the quarterback from a value position from. How you know EPA and you know how much is he actually doing to produce the big plays and you know if we want Daniel Jones to be more than a game manager then I don't think we can call the Carolina Panthers game one of the best games of his of his career does does that make sense if he doesn't have that catch we're not saying that I feel like I feel like that I, catch was just a cool ass moment with a cool picture it was it very, it's very cool moment yeah I think you have to factor in what was around him and who the Panthers are a good defense that he was going up against yeah and yeah maybe he managed the game. 
but I thought he made winning plays. You know, and I know yeah, that game did. was a blowout, but I thought what I saw from him in that game was like, wow, this, like this guy is, like he's really, you know, the stats don't show it, but he's making winning plays, whether yeah. it's evading the rush, whether it's, you know, making that catch. He's ma- he's making plays where it's like, okay, that's that's pretty impressive given what we're seeing around him. Excuse me. So, That's why I hold that performance in high regard, in my opinion. All right, before we get back to talking about Daniel Jones with the guys from NYG Weekly, we got to talk about a new sponsor, Bespoke Post. This falls, you get back into the swing of things. Bespoke Post is here with the new seasonal lineup of must-have box of awesome collections. Bespoke Post, they partner with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods every single month. And something that I just ordered from the box of awesome is called Peak. Kind of simple, but really, really effective. It is kind of an undershirt that is a long sleeve undershirt that goes underneath my sweatshirt and my jackets that I can wear to Giants games. And then it's also like the long underwear, right? That goes from your hip all the way to your ankles. And I can put my socks right under it. And then I put my jeans over it. And maybe I could put another snow pants if it gets really, really cold, right? So peak is going to have me ready to tackle these cold weather games at MetLife Stadium. They also have a really nice puff jacket, but there's so much more. I mean, there's products from the Box of Awesome that addresses cooking, hunting, drinking, different kinds of liquor, wine, beer, tailgating, fashion. The Weekender bag is something that I'm looking at kind of fashion-wise. Maybe want to step up my game. Has kind of like the leather leather handles on that Weekender bag. Can be something that I can have as a carry-on throughout the airport. If I want to retire, like, if I want to retire like my more athletic bags that make me look like I'm a teenager, I'm a grown man. I got to step up my fashion game. So I to get started, I want you to go up to boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help pick the right box of awesome for you. If you're a hunter, they're going to give you hunting products. And there's an entire box of like hatchets and whole bunch of stuff, different stuff for hunting. If you're a hunter, if you're a fashion guy, or if you like to cook, Bespoke Post is going to come in clutch for you. Plus, with each box of awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up-and-coming brand. And each box, it costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. That's pretty good value. Free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. So I want you to get 20% off your first month when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code GIANTS at checkout. Boxofawesome.com, code GIANTS. 20% off your first box. Thank you to Bespoke Post for sponsoring this show. Let's get back to it with the guys from NYG Weekly. So so here, so here's a question that I have about, about Jones just kind of maybe in general. Yeah. So what is one thing, because I feel like sometimes, maybe you can give your opinion on this too, sometimes I feel like he is a victim of draft day talking points and draft day bias, especially maybe yes. from some national people. So what is... One of the things, maybe two of the things that you like the most about Daniel Jones, what is the thing that you dislike the most? Like every, every time that he does it, it's like, God damn, this is why I don't believe in this guy. I mean, number one, I feel like it's, this is, uh, again, I'm not going to speak for everyone. The obvious answer for what you do like about him is his likes. Like, do, do we all agree? I really like the way he throws the ball down the field. Me too. And that was something... You know, rookie year, he wasn't like top of the league, but like if you ask me, like, what do you think like he can be a lead at? Is that? And then last year, he was like the most efficient. And then this year, it's, I think he, this year he's completing like 40%. And but his QB less. rating sucks though, because the two stupid ass interceptions, a Hail Mary and then, yeah. um, and then the Shepherd flip. So the QB rating's bad. But like, 
Like he was completing fifty and fifty percent deep passing completion is insane. Like it's like you yeah. don't see guys do that two years in a row. You'll see yeah. like the top three guys of the league will have that every year, but like they don't do it in back to back years. And he was, I guess, Daniel Jones isn't doing it back to years, but like through that Rams game, he was doing fifty percent. It's like it's it's like we take for granted that like every time this guy throws, there's a fifty percent chance of it being completed downfield. The issue is they don't do it enough. So that would be my that would be my answer is that. But in defense of Ethan, the weeks in which Daniel Jones is in the top ten, and especially when he's in the top five, where there was a few times where he was top five in EPA amongst quarterbacks, it's the games in which he was incorporating his legs and providing value. Which I I that's something that we talked about over the offseason is Daniel Jones's path to becoming an average to middling a little bit below average quarterback, and I'm talking again from value scoring points and putting up a performance-wise. The path to Daniel Jones becoming an above-average quarterback is when he is integrating his legs as well as throwing the ball deep down the field. So I will agree with Ethan in that in that case, where you know I would say the deep ball and putting touch on a ball, that is the thing that I like most about Daniel Jones, but Overall, his, utilizing his too. legs, utilizing Dude. his legs is definitely top three for me. That, well, yeah, ball, but I, I think that's like the case for almost every QB in the league now, You know, unless you're you know like a, a Brady type. Um, but I also think like overall accuracy, I think we don't watch other QBs, you know, and this goes both ways for when you're a fan of a team. It's like you don't see what a good, like, you know, pass rusher looks like. So we're, you know, hyping up Aziz Ojolari as, you know, the best thing ever when he's just good right now. And then the other way where it's like you don't see the bad plays. Like, so I watched a lot of Kenny Galladay stuff in the offseason. And Matt Stafford definitely deserves a lot of love. But I'm watching him, I'm like, this guy misses a lot. And he makes some dumbass decisions, you know. Um, so I think overall accuracy, it's like you don't really see – Daniel Jones just missed guys and you would be surprised how many QBs like and even like really good QBs is like just miss guys four or five times a game the funny thing is when I used to watch Eli Manning a lot towards the back end of his career you would see a lot of times he was missing guys when you go back and watch Daniel Jones especially the last in the last two years he's not missing guys like there's not guys that are open you're like how does he not hit that guy I think another thing is like when people say, like, the reason why I put so much stock in his deep ball is his receivers collectively have not been getting enough separation, especially his first two years in the league. But he was still putting that ball in an area where they could go get it. And I think that that's why I put that deep ball accuracy. It's so impressive to me. You know, I don't think we've had a Kenny Galladay over 20 air yards catch yet. No. Isn't no, that insane? Not. Like, shouldn't that, like, like you want to talk about, shouldn't that just be like, look at the offensive coordinator? Like, and that's why, like, this past game, the Raiders game, when people were talking about the offensive line as an excuse, it's like, bull crap. You don't need to be a good offensive coordinator or, or like, like to, or have a really good, uh, have an adequate offensive line to get one-on-one shots on the sideline with Galladay. And maybe that's a criticism of Jones that, you know, they're not audibling into that the way he did audible at, into that stuff was, like, like, if there was... Uh, that was something that, is, I, that I asked you, Bobby, when we, when we were and DMing, it's so like, tough a couple to talk about. Ago without being in the building and that's why i don't 100%. talk about it much you know because like the only the times where we have basically the only times where it's like that's a clear-cut audible to dj is when it's like you see it's been with darius slayton like that's they got press coverage outside release fade and then you see everyone else is running curls and stuff and sometimes they've answered in the media too like this was an audible so it's like okay that's what we can say um but it's just like they it's, that's what's like why did you sign kenny galladay like, I love the Kenny Galladay signing. Why did you sign Kenny Galladay and not think you're going to give him some contested catches? Because we saw David Blau, you know, have Kenny Galladay put up 80 yards. But right now, like, Kenny Galladay, I think, is leading, like, it's his highest catch rate in his NFL career. Yes. But it's like, do we feel like he's being effect- used effectively? No. 
It was like, he's no. having his highest catch rate, but it's like, we don't want him to be at a 69-70% catch rate. I want him at 59-60, but averaging 19 yards per catch, even though he is averaging it. But essentially getting those one-on-one plays on in the red zone, um, and they're just not doing that at all. Yeah. So let's go to the other side. What do you least like about Daniel Jones? I mean, the turnovers are a big thing. He's cut the turnovers down. I think it's more so... It's a, it's a tough question because the yeah, turnovers, turnover, turnovers is one of yeah. those things that I feel it's a, it's an easy talking point. And that's I why... I think you could just say fumbles in general and not turnovers. Because turnovers... Saying turnovers as a talking point right now, I don't think is fair. Because, I mean, you no. look at it, through the last 17 games now, he has three interceptions that were of his doing. You know, two versus the Rams and then one versus Kansas City. And it's... But the fumbles in general, you know, like even if you look at his rookie year, like interceptions weren't a huge issue. Like he had three versus New England, three versus Green Bay with the bad ankle, but like he didn't have a ton of interceptions. It was just a... He fumbled like no QB has ever fumbled before. So I think you could say just fumbles specifically, not necessarily just turnovers, but fumble specifically, which I hate. I wish he had a different flaw because like how do you uh, analyze fumbles? Like I feel like it's just like... I feel like, you know, whatever movie scene was like, stop, just stop it. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to analyze a guy fumbling the ball. Well, you look at the one against the Raiders, right? I put that on Daniel Jones. Like, I understand it was from your blind side, but you got to hold that ball. Yeah. Now the one against Denver and we, me, me and Bobby, we talked about this, right? Like the one against Denver, it was a killer turnover, but he did everything right. Like he tucked the ball away as he was going down, but he just fumbled. Like he did like fundamentally when you teach a player not to fumble, that's what you tell him to do, but he still fumbled. The one against the Raiders, I just felt like he did the exact opposite and it cost him. Yeah, and, and he's cut his fumble rate in half. The issue is yeah. that half is still like top ten in the league as far as like QB's <laughs> fumble. Like you you know, you look at you look at the Q because I did it after his rookie year, I look at like the fumble years every year. There's usually some of the best QBs in the league. Um, you know, so it's just like like I, I actually went and looked at like carries times sacks, like you know, like divided by fumbles. Um, I didn't explain that right, but essentially did that, and I was like, he's cut his fumbles down in half. Is again, but like his rookie season was a, it was I not exaggerating when it was a historic rate at the amount that he fumbled. You know, so I think fumbles specifically would be mine. I'm with you. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But that's the thing. There's like, the, like the, there's nothing that like this offense is so boring. Like, like, what, like that's why what I hate you, Jason Garrett more than oh, anyone in the organization. I, like, I was good. Bobby. I had nine one one on on uh, on ready for your your rant during the podcast. I could feel the blood pressure rising through the headset. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like turnovers earlier in in his career. But like for me, like the infuriating thing is just like lack. Like, lack of me being able to point out something that he's done, like, exceptionally, exceptionally well, where it's like, oh, he's top, you know, five in the league. That's, you know what that's I mean? fair. Yeah. That's really fair. It's like, my, my, my dislike is the lack of things that I like. <laughs> okay. Well, so, we were talking about, like, you know, how, like, you have going with QBs going forward. What do you think? DJ's ceiling is? Like, a realistic ceiling. Like, his ceiling is Peyton Manning, but that's not realistic. Like, no. what's... Like, I think, I think, like, if things are really good all around him, like, he can maybe put up a few seasons where you could rank him between 10 and 15. But, like, realistically, I think he's probably just a league average guy. Do you think me saying Dak as a ceiling is wrong? 
That is what I was about to say. Oh Damn my it. God, Bobby! Holy cow! Wow, look at this! Wow, wow. this is some. Uh, Me and Weiss agree on a lot more than yeah. people realize. Did you guys see Dak Prescott without Tyron Smith last week? Well, he also had the calf issue and he was out for a few weeks. I'm, I don't think I'm that not making it, excuses for these quarterbacks. I'm just no, saying. it's like listen, I'm come on, saying. like the guy's been fucking balling. All I didn't season, watch it all. And you're, and you're gonna sure. like point out the one bad game he has. No, but you no, look no. at it like. And that's why another thing, and I know this, we're not doing the Jason Garrett thing, but it's like, you know, when people say, well, this QB needs everything perfect around him. You know who had everything perfect around them for a long time? Jason fucking Garrett. He had everything. He had good quarterbacks in Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. He had best running backs in the league in Zeke and, and DeMarco Murray. The top offensive line in the league. Weapons galore. You know, he loves that Y stick. He had the tight end, the only tight end in the NFL whose like entire life revolved around Y stick and Jason Wynn. The guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, because of why stick, he had everything around it and just constantly under, you know, well, it's like, yeah, I mean, Jason Garrett coaches the giants. Like he thinks he's coaching the 2014 Cowboys. Like, but even yeah. then that was bad. Cause they, when they played better competition, they lost. Like, look at, um, of course the, the no, last, no, no one's, no one's saying that that's a good thing. I'm just yeah, saying that that's where his mind is. Yeah, I know. And Garrett, like, so Garrett wasn't play calling for, you know, since like 2012, it's like, you know, he's got but neither is thing. neither is Joe Judge. It's if if the guy on your staff is calling plays, you are to be held accountable for Ag- that game plan. Agreed. But like you look at the 2019 Dallas Cowboys and their offense, really good, like top sure. of the league. But go look at Dak, and that's a, that was an extremely talented roster. Go look at Dak, Dak's splits between playoff teams and non-playoff teams. It, it I, I don't think a QB has ever put a season together where it was that different. Like he versus playoff teams, he was a bad quarterback. Like yes. more interceptions than touchdowns. And then versus non-playoff teams, like the Miami Dolphins and the New York Giants that year, it was like historic MVP rate. Um, you know, and that's why I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just ranting about all the things I hate about Jason Garrett. Sure, but no, I I see your point. Like, yeah, at his peak, could I see him being like a Dak Prescott type of quarterback? Absolutely. You're not going to see like the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen throws, but you see special throws. You know, like that that last that twenty, and I go to 2019 because that was the last chance where he was encouraged to make those special type throws. The Eagles game, that one to Golden Tate, like that's a special type throw. That one versus the Bears on fourth down, where his offensive line just, you know, you know, just fell in and he's off his back foot, throws it and finds Golden. The one Golden Tate the was like the receiver for all of these, by the way. Yeah, the Vi- Vikings with Darius yeah. Slayton. So here, well, here's a so point. many like that year, like that year, you could leave that year saying there's flaws about Daniel Jones, his pocket manipulation, the turnovers. But it's like he's so damn exciting. And I think to Ethan's point, like right now, it's like he's just it's not exciting right now, except for these spot games where they have like the Saints, the Washington games. All right, shut up for a second, soy boys, football fans. Who's ready to score some free bets? We all like free stuff, right? Now you can do so when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on one team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. Most times I tell you to you know bet on the Giants, but I won't even bet on them. I wouldn't wait till Monday night football because you got to do this on Sunday. Hell, I get it done on Thursday night football. If a sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars and dollars. More dollars than dollars. If you if you have a million, if you win a million, you got you got dollars, not dollars. And total prizes with their first deposit. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one 800 9 with it we talked about Kenny Galladay a couple minutes ago and you know you brought up so many of Daniel Jones's throws even in 2020 like the Bucks game right um, <laughs> so many so many of Daniel Jones's best throws the Patriots game where Thursday Night Football it was a bad game for Daniel Jones but it was an incredible throw and then Golden Tate gets no separation but Golden you know, Tate was the con- went from the Yak King why, to the contested catch King why has Golden Don't Tate get me gotten on Golden Tate? Why is We're Golden, Tate, Golden gotten, Tate way too much for my liking? Yeah. Why is Golden We're Tate talking gotten, about all the special <laughs> DJ oh, He was the receiver at all of them. Why has Golden Tate gotten so many contested catch opportunities and Kenny Galladay's gotten zero, but we signed him seventy-two million dollars? That's one of that's one of my more like, like boom, like yeah. mind blown totally moments befuddled. like this year. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, so Ethan, I know you're on a time. How much time do you got left, Ethan? I can give you another ten. You know what? That's perfect to talk about. Leonard Justin, Williams. you decide yeah. what you want to talk about because I, you said Leonard Williams, but I, you know, I know, you know, Weiss, you were talking about USC Leonard Williams last year. Like, let's fight about something. I don't know. Uh, let's, okay. What do you want? Justin, to fight about? decide what we. What do you guys want to talk about for the last ten minutes? So I know Ethan feels some kind of way about Leonard Williams, but I have a feeling that Ethan's just like Justin. Screw you! I don't even want to yeah. fight you about this because yeah. we've we've talked about it so much, and yeah. uh, but also. Uh, I also I also appreciated that ride home from MetLife the other day, and I don't want to burn that bridge. So oh no, yeah, oh, oh yeah, that, that is that is yeah. true. And I and so Ethan was tired from from a long day, and oh, yeah. you know, so I'm I'm driving Ethan home, and I'm just talking, 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 because I'm getting like mentally prepared for the podcast that we record. So sometimes I'll call snacks and I'll just rant, 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 and I'll try to plan out talking points before I, because that's like my prep as I drive home. Neither here nor there, Weiss. You also feel some sort of way about Dexter Lawrence and. I think I have a feeling. So here, let's go around. I don't think anyone feels great about Dexter Lawrence. Let's go around. Let's go around the round table that we're sitting at right now, the Mm -hmm. metaphorical one. Biggest frauds on the Giants (laughs) roster. Biggest frauds on the Giants roster right now. Biggest fraud, okay. You thought that they would be a good player, and they've disappointed you the most. And then we'll finish it off maybe with the biggest surprise. Like, who was a guy that, you know, I, I, I love you so much and you're willing to fight a war over that player. So, you know, I know, Weiss, I know Weiss. what Ethan is going to say. Well, I well, well Weiss, I feel, like, I, gonna say? I feel like I know your answer, but go ahead. Whoever wants to go. I know who Ethan is going to say. Go ahead, Ethan. For what? He's fraud a, or who I love the most? He's a fraud. You don't like him. I'm Leonard Williams. No, no, no. There's another You're one. You're still Come on. on that? Like, not like first Get off the Leonard Williams thing. No, 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 no. Okay, Weiss, who am I thinking of? It's a certain linebacker who's on injured Virginia right now. Yeah. Oh, your <laughs> takes on Blake Martinez suck. I'm sorry. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> they would be, a, like, last year teams attacked us, like, moved, like, you know, we talked about the Ben don't break defense. Like, that was the mindset last year because we had a bad cornerback, too, and, like, average, below average nickel cornerback play. Now it's that because we can't stop the run at all. Like, we have you know one what, of the worst Bobby, run defenses this, in the NFL. This is, this is one of the moments where, like, your football acumen is obviously superior to mine. 
but I don't give a fuck because Blake <laughs> Martinez is a fraud. He just collects Stop. Pokemon cards and he sits on Twitter and he complains that he wasn't voted to the Pro Bowl because oh he's God. a loser and he wasn't that good in Green Bay. And you know what? The Giants defense has been okay the last few weeks without him. I hope he can just go cry on Twitter, collect his checks and, and count his Pokemon cards because he's a loser and I don't like him. Am I listening to Snacks right now? Who is Snacks this? Snacks and I are, are, are on the exact same page when it comes to Blake Martinez. Right. He's a fraud. He's a loser. Go count your Pokemon cards. That's a take. That's a loser. Take. I don't agree with him, by the way. I actually do like Blake Martinez. I do think he's a little bit overrated, considering he's probably one of the best linebackers the Giants have had. He's a better, the best linebacker I've seen play for the Giants, while I could like form thoughts better Which, than Antonio Pierce. That is not saying much, but Blake Martinez yeah. is is good. I think Dexter Lawrence is a huge fraud. There you go. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I just think he's a huge fraud. I think he was portrayed as this great, you know. Nose tackle, defensive end, whatever, whatever. The hell, I call him a defensive lineman. Whatever, three tech. He can rush the passer. First of all, no, he can't. Dexter Lawrence cannot rush the passer. He's a two down player. Call it what you see it. I think the anger that Leonard Williams gets shouldn't be directed at Leonard Williams. It should be directed at Dexter Lawrence. I agree with that because, because I think a lot of Dexter Lawrence's success is due to the fact that he plays against. A real pass rushing defensive lineman plays next to next to sorry a real pass rushing defensive lineman and Leonard Williams. Now the 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 Leonard Williams situation is a completely separate situation because of the trade and all that. But Dexter Lawrence to me, first round pick number seventeen overall. Like I'm sorry, I don't see the hype. I don't. I I I don't. So plays. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask me a question. I I I, I'm bad at that. It's just I get no no no. Go ahead. Go ahead. So. Dex might be he's got a baseline of a decent player. But I hate like every year, you know, Giants fans and, and just it's like this guy Lorenzo Carter is gonna break out. Oh Shane Zimenez is gonna break out. You know, next year it's gonna be Quincy Roche is gonna turn into a dominant edge and he's just gonna be an all right player. Um and I think that every year we put unfair expectations. But Dexter Lawrence Oh wow. Wow, live on the podcast. Odell Beckham Jr. is finalizing a deal with the Los Angeles Rams. See, I'm not believing that because I do that to Justin all the time. I'm going to make sure. No, it's it's Adam Schefter, 20 seconds. Right there, the verified. Wow. 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 Well, he's not going to get as many targets as he wants, but he's going to play for a winner. Hey, he just wants to win. That is the one team, though, that I think he might be the best receiver. Like, you know, the Chiefs, the the Saints with my – I guess Michael Thomas isn't playing, but Michael Thomas is better than him. Cooper Packers. But um, the Rams – like they, you know, Cooper Cup is. Re- I don't know what's going to happen with that, um, but he. I mean, he's going to the Super Bowl favorite, so yeah. He, I mean, if as long as he doesn't, I think, and they're not going to win I, now. I had a great Dexter Lawrence point, but I'm going to get oh. back to it, and because I obviously don't like Odell, and but I also like admit like Odell going to a team like the Rams will help. You will help, but it's just I would never, I would never invest in Odell long term at this point of his career. Like That's I'm talking I'm, when I say long term, I mean even like a three year deal. Well, what the Rams are going to do is they're actually they're actually going to trade him for a draft pick, and that'll be the first draft pick they have in like ten years. Yeah, see, like <laughs> like Antonio Brown, would I if as the Giants would I sign Antonio Brown? No, but as the Bucks, I would. You know, like and Antonio Brown's like you know personality, like just as a human. Like I don't even think Odell's a bad person. I think he's just a bad teammate. Um, I just think he's stupid at this point. I think. See, I think the difference. I think Odell's smart, and I think he plays people. I think he's very manipulative. But anyways, let's get back to Dexter Lawrence. Yes. Um, he, but I actually thought Dex was going to break out this year, and he hasn't. And he's just 
He has a baseline of a decent to good player. And at that position, being drafted 17th, that kind of sucks. Yep. You know? Especially so when the what, Giants like, have a very rich history in recent times of drafting exactly those types of players. Probably better in the second round. See, because I, I, you know, like, I was like, maybe this guy can, you know, be Fletcher Cox. Because, again, his first year one and year two, he he's a good player. But he wasn't great. And this year, I was I, like, if there was one player, it's like, I think he's going to be great and be on a lot more people's radar right now. It's going to be Dex. Because you do like the, you know, like the the film guys around the league who aren't just Giants. Like when they talk with the Giants defense, they'll bring up Dex. Like, you know, this guy doesn't like, so he's a good player. But I thought he was going to take a step forward. And he absolutely has not. He's essentially just the same player as been the first two seasons. Yep. I would agree with that. All right. Who's a player you'll fight a war over? And in terms of you, you will def- you will defend them. Andrew Thomas. Andrew oh. Thomas was my guy too. I've got a lot of heat because I had him over the other three, and I was, I, we did a redraft last year, and I was like, I'm still going with Andrew Thomas. Now maybe I should have went with Worse, but I was like, I would rather take Andrew Thomas over Beckton and Wills every day of the week. Worse. Yeah. Can I tell? Can I say something right now? If there was an expansion team and I was only allowed to protect one player. It would be Andrew Thomas. I agree 100%. 100%. If there's, if there's one player right now that I would make the highest paid player at their position on the Giants, it would be Andrew Thomas. Not Dang. Daniel Jones, not Saquon Barkley, not not any of the receivers, not any of the corners or linebackers. No, Andrew Thomas. He's a cornerstone player for the New York Giants. Like We talk about cornerstone players and we like to throw all these people into there. Andrew Thomas is a cornerstone player for the Giants, and we talk about Daniel Jones elevating and stuff like that. Like that Panthers game, did they had they had no wide, they had nobody. That was the one game where Jason Garrett actually did step up, um, but he had nobody, like no wide receivers, no offensive line. If I would rather go with Darius Slayton, Colin Johnson, and Dante Pettis as my wide receivers with Andrew Thomas, than yes. with what we have right now and Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, and Sterling Shepard. Every sure. single day of the week. Get, let me. I've seen Daniel Jones when he had a good left tackle ball out. Uh, I've seen him with good wide receivers and not a good left tackle not ball out. And that's kind of where I stand on that. I mean, Andrew Thomas has had four different offensive line coaches in the past. And he's played half. next to 50 different left guards. Yeah. Ben Wilkerson is <laughs> going to be with every coaching staff. With the, he's, ben Wilkerson is, is like the most unknown legacy hire right now. He's been through a bunch of coaching staff. Oh, staffs. Tom Quinn. Our friend Tom Quinn, too. See, I don't care about special teams at all. So it's like Tom Quinn doesn't even move the needle for me. Yeah. Um. Where? So no, we all love Tony hold on. though. Hold on. I need to hear some something that Ethan finds joy in in his life and in terms of the Giants. So Ethan, <laughs> there's not much. On. There's not much. I mean, I'll take a different angle at answering your question and yes. go with Sterling Shepard. Yeah. Just because, like, drafted a Giant, like, fights his fucking ass off every week. Numerous concussions, still shows up and wants to play every week. Like he's he's in like I know this is a this is a Nick Gates podcast. Like Sterling Shepard is in that type of at that type of level for me. Yeah. Whether or not I think like you know they should or shouldn't have traded him or like what his contract situation is with his health and everything like that. But like like in terms of guys who like you want to go to war with every Sunday, it's like Nick Gates and then Sterling Shepard. I love it. I love it. What do we think about Kadarius? I love Kadarius Tony's media set. See, that's something four or five years ago. I would never, I would never watch the media sessions. Now it's like it's Joker Fridays. Can, yeah. uh, can I, can I say something about? They're starting the, to edit him too. I'm so yeah. sick of the Giants PR. I really right. do. I'm getting was, bothered by the Giants PR. I, I think there's a lot of empty opinions out there with Kadarius Tony about people just. Do they just want to compare? Like, I wish people would just come out and compare him to Odell instead of writing these snarky comments about how he's 
immature. I'm so like I understand what he said about Aaron. I actually agree wholeheartedly with Joe Judge said about um, Kadarius Tony's tweet about Henry Ruggs. I understand what Kadarius Tony's trying to say. He just used the wrong words. Like it's a sad situation. You feel bad yeah. for everybody. Obviously, you're not sitting here saying that you know Henry Ruggs deserves to be a free man, but you understand what he's trying to say. Like it's a, it's a, it's a 22 year old that his whole at his whole life in front of him, he committed a stupid decision. And it cost him. That's sad. That doesn't mean that he thinks that he doesn't deserve to face punishment. It's just a sad situation. And I think that's what Tony was trying to say. And I, I think Tony gets compared to Odell because, you know, wide receiver. Other, yes, you know, obviously, yeah. I think they're very different. There's similarities, but they're very different. Where, like I said, I think Odell's really smart. I think he's a, as a bad teammate. And I know you guys disagree, and I keep on saying it and cutting you off before you can dispute me. <laughs> um no, that's just Bob, Bobby. That's just that's just smart. That's but, smart. And, and Tony may become an issue. Like I, I, you know, right now he hasn't been one. But like, if end of year three with Tony, and it's like I'm like this guy is a bad team. Like I won't be surprised, but I'm not going to go there until it happens. Um, Has he done anything wrong this year? I missing the OTAs was stupid on him. Not you know okay. that 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 that. But that's at the end of the day. Like if that's your biggest thing, that's you know. But at this point, like, missing OTAs is, is the dumbest thing he's done. Like, he got COVID, you know. Um, like, you can't get, like, hundreds of thousands of people have gotten it. I'm not shaming them. We for don't that. COVID shame, Bobby. Exactly. We don't COVID shame. Um, and then the cleat stuff, like, that's weird. Um, what was the cleat stuff? The rookie the rookie camp, yeah. like, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, the thing that a lot of people would say is, like, his, uh, his distr- like, like of the media, but that's the things we love. Like, media some clowns is the greatest line we've gotten from a Giants player yeah. in forever. 100%. Like, I don't buy. That was amazing. We make shirts. I'll be honest. I don't buy a lot just because I'm not a big, t- like, you know, T-shirt design guy. I bought the media some clowns one. Like, that is my favorite <laughs> one of all time. Um, and just him laughing at the media. They're starting to edit them out. The Giants.com pisses yeah. me off. But he just laughs at the media. And, like, I think that's... Because, you know, beat reporters are the corniest people on earth. And Tony is the opposite of that. And he just, like, looks at him. He's like... He's also brutally honest. Like, yeah. he'll tell you to your face. Yeah. I'm not, like, I, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, I'm not going to tell you because I don't tell my, you know, I don't tell my personal business. Like, <laughs> like, that, like, that's brutally honest. Like, like do, I, I understand. Do you watch football? Nah. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's funny. He's, he's, I, I love Tony. All right. He's anything funny. else we want to get on off our chest before we roll? You know what, Bobby Skinner? There is one more thing that we need to talk about before we wrap up, and that is Manscaped. So, everyone, brace yourselves. Winter is coming. What the writers of Game of Thrones didn't tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. That really sucks for Bran. Don't really know who you are, but that really sucks for Bran that you wound up in a wheelchair because he didn't trim your ball hair. Sucks. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Sucks to suck. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holidays. Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game, and you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. We already know about the Lawnmower 4.0. Waterproof, advanced skin-safe technology. It's going to reduce nicks and cuts, keep you out of wheelchairs, I guess. You know, if you're going to nip your balls, if you're going to cut your balls, then guess what? You may be out of commission for a little bit. Lawnmower 4.0, waterproof, advanced skin-safe technology. It's going to keep you walking up and right. 
the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. I have that issue. I've already used it. It's worked for me. And maybe, maybe you got smelly feet and Manscaped can help with the foot duster. Foot deodorant made to fight odors of the dirtiest feet. Manscaped has kind of got you covered. If your balls are smelly, they got stuff for that. If your balls are getting hairy, they got stuff for that. Body wash, shampoo, got stuff for that. Your feet smell, got stuff for that. Manscaped has got you covered. So on top of everything, they've even thrown the Shed Travel Bag with the Performance Package 4.0. To carry your goods with all those things to keep your body looking fresh and smelling fresh, you got to have the Shed Travel Bag to carry your goods. And I want you to get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. During the winter, you may be spending more time inside with your balls. You might as well keep them beautiful. So again, 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS at manscaped.com. Thank you to Manscaped. Um, can I ask you guys a question about Saquon Barkley? Go for it. Um, if he Ooh. comes back and plays well, what is your mindset about him going into year four? Trade. I yeah. I'm I, trade if his value is at an all time high. Unload. Yeah. Yeah. Trade. Yeah. Tra- I would trade him. I just don't think it's going to happen. You know. So it's like I, I agree because they got to sell tickets somehow. You know, I I also am not in like the running backs don't matter crowd. I get I under I, I agree with a lot of other things, but I also it's like Saquon does at, make a difference. Um, it's running backs effect. don't matter is an oversimplification, a, a very succinct way of saying what the actual point is. Yeah, I get th- I get that, but it's like Saquon does do things that other running backs can't. Now this oh, year, of course, you know, like like he it's does just the he value does, proposition. He he does add wins. But it's like the fact that we didn't prioritize offense. And I, I want to ever draft a running back in the first round, really. Unless it's like a Saquon at the end of round one type. Exactly. Guy. That's the that's the. Only I point. would take a running back in the first round. I would take him in the top ten. But I you would. have to be you have to be a team that's in posi- that's in position to take a running back. But we've had this argument. We've had this argument before. That that's an oxymoron. Like if you're a team that's in position to take a running back, you're not picking in the top ten, barring some crazy trade. Well, like like the Colts. No. At that 2018, they were in that spot. If but even then, they're an example of like, hey, we got it. Taylor in the second round, Mac. Like, you know. Yeah. You're so, right. yeah, I, I'm right. fully and on they didn't have a quarterback. Saquon. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, you know, I do when I, I root for Saquon when he's out there because he does, he does help the team when he's out there. Um, even though his, his dancing has always been an issue. It seems to be more so this yes. year. It's a huge even though problem. I did burn down Twitter the other day with like a Saquon takes us to the house tweet from the Talking Giants <laughs> account. And I knew it would happen. Because I think it's gone so far to where it's like Saquon knows how to run in through a wide open hole. Like Saquon would have balled versus the Raiders. Do I think he balled yeah. week one through eight? No. Healthy? No. He'd have a he'd have a big play here and there, but I don't think he would have balled. The Raiders game he would have balled. Like that their run defense was so bad that Nate Solder was moving guys off the ball. Yeah. But um, yeah, the but only yeah, problem I'm fully the, on trade Saquon. The only yes. the only problem is with, with Weiss with your question. I mean, that's a huge if. I mean, if Saquon Barkley comes back and he plays well. Um, you know, that, that's a huge if right now because we saw, um, you know, it took him a few weeks. It, it's taken him a few weeks with his two pass injuries. Right. You know, one was being major and then one's a high ankle sprain, which is a pretty good injury to get during mm-hmm. the regular season. You know, yeah. it, it, the excuse has been, oh, but he needs a few weeks to ramp back up. Well, it's like, well, what are we, what are we doing? You know, we, we need to stop with the excuses. For and we can't guy. run block either for the rest of the season. Like the Raiders game is an outlier. Number one, we can't run block. And number two. You know, it's, oh, when Saquon Barkley gets ramped back up, you know, the Saints game, he had a better game. Oh, he was getting ramped back up. What, the next week, he, you know, the next week he gets hurt. So and The Saints it, game wasn't even that great either. No, no I mean, that the touchdown was big. First half was really bad. The touchdown was big and he caught a wide open ball, you know. Right. 
took it over according to Carl Banks. Yeah, yeah took, um, over, took over the game he did. Yeah. Um, Whether we like it or not, the Giants are in the hunt for the playoffs in the seventh spot. I understand people don't want to have that conversation, but they're in the we're hunt. Not. We're not. We're so not. I, I'm just saying, you don't need to like it, but they're in the hunt. They're they're two games back. You know what I mean? So if we're one game back with like five weeks left, I might you know get into that. But it's like, yeah, they have a bunch of winnable games. Well, they, they, you know they what might the Giants be one game back done next week. in the past four years? Win winnable games. You know they lost to the Falcons this year. Um, even though the Falcons have kind of turned it around, but like they should have done, they should have. That was that was the one game this year where it's like you look at both rosters, like Giants, you need to go in there and win that game, um, and they lost. The Falcons, which are bad. I think, is the most discontent the fan base has been. By the way, was after the, it was kind of beautiful how dis how everyone was just like like the burn down MetLife jokes were borderline not a joke um, at that point. Wrote tonight, you, you started burn down MetLife before me, you know. I was I burned was like, down MetLife before the fucking building was finished. <laughs> yeah, so it was like I, I just kind of like ran with it. It looks like a prison toilet. Like it's. The I almost have been rooting stadium. for them to like send me a letter or like arrest me. It's like you realize this is just playing into my head. If I have a mugshot for saying I'm going to burn down MetLife, like the fan base is going to get way more behind. Oh yeah. Me for that. Oh yeah. Um, Road to nine so, and eight. So your hand, Dion Dargan. You send your send your court, Dion Dargan. We appreciate you guys. Go give these guys Thank a follow you. at Ethan GSN NYG Daily, even though he has more followers than anyone who does Giant. Do you oh, have more on. followers than everyone? He does. Yes. Like yes. beat reporters. Like I know come you on. do. Like, but are you? Do you have you more followers have more than, than, than Jordan? Reporters? He does have more than Jordan. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Then you. Then you definitely do. You guys find out for me. I don't like to gloat about followers. Mr. Big, <laughs> we call him around here. Um, and then go listen to the rest of this conversation talking about Dave Gettleman, the coaching situation, uh, on their podcast NYG Weekly. You find it Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. All the good everywhere. stuff, yeah. Basically, everywhere you find ours, except for YouTube. Exactly. Uh, so before we, we go, can I ask you one more question, Bobby? Before let's we go, go, let's go. Why is are you gonna me? Are you gonna grow your hair back out? No, I'm done with it. Now, every time I say that, I grow it back out. But I'm I, I'm kind of, I'm just over it. Like it's it really is a pain in the ass to to deal with. Um, and again, it's it just sucks. Like just, you can't roll down your passenger window. You know, like that That's sucks. Good point. Things um, you don't think about. You know, like I remember, you know, being in the car with, you know, with my ex and she's like, don't roll the windows down. Like, why? It's a beautiful day out. And it's like, well, now I know why. Um, It's like, get over it. Your hair's flying around. Big deal. Now I'm like, that's the most annoying thing in the entire world. Uh, All right. So we appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Friday for our Bucks preview, which I'm going to the game, going down to Tampa. Let's go. Um, God bless you. And then I'll see you guys in Philly, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Appreciate you guys. See you on Friday. Until then, let's go Big Blue.